You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Wednesday at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on octalkradio.net. The show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and our newest sponsor, Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better decisions. If you'd like to join the conversation because you are listening to the program live, then simply find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. Log in with your Twitter handle. This will connect you to our nerve center, to our engineer. The gentleman on the other side of the studio glass for me, Mr. Paul Roberts, today is Mr. Paul Roberts, and he will bring your thoughts and ideas to my attention, and possibly I can work them into one of the two conversations that we have planned for today. If you're listening to the program, expecting to hear my interview with Stephen Christensen, founder and executive director of Tree Teen Entrepreneurs Academy, well then, just hold on, because he'll be with us a little later in the program. Our first guests come to us from Easter Sills, and I'd like to welcome Mark and Kathleen to join the show to talk about a recognized brand, a nonprofit, Easter Sills. I'm going to ask them how the, how the organization got its start, and also we're going to look at how Easter Sills helps people with disabilities and special needs and their families live better lives by teaching them life skills and job skills. Mark and Kathleen, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Rick, for having us on your show today. It is our pleasure. Why don't we get started by, can you tell us a little bit about Easter Seals? You know, if you can discuss kind of its history and bring us up to, to today, and then we can talk about kind of what you're doing in the community, and I have a, a number of other questions I want to talk to you about, but set the context for us with Easter Seals, please. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Uh, Easter Seals has been helping individuals with disabilities and their families uh, live better lives for nearly 100 years. And we offer a variety of services that help people with disabilities address life's challenges and achieve personal goals. We're one of the largest organizations providing services to people with disabilities in the country, and uh, people don't realize it, but right here in Southern California, we're a huge organization providing services really throughout Southern California, uh, here in uh, L.A. and Orange County, but also up in the Tri-Counties area, including Ventura County, but, uh, but also San Diego, Imperial, Riverside, San Bernardino. We have over 1,600 employees here in Southern California, and most of those employees are the the folks that actually provide the services. So it's really important for people to realize that Easter Seals isn't a, a, a um, it isn't a funding source for other organizations, but we actually provide the services in local communities, uh, really throughout uh, all of the counties uh, that make up uh, make up Southern California. So, Mark, I, I've got to interrupt you for a second and just ask or comment, I guess. What you just said about it being people recognize the name but maybe don't realize the size of the organization is exactly the case for me. I mean, I, I, I know of Easter Sales for 
quite a number of years. I didn't realize how long the organization has been around. But can I ask, is that is that a part of the reason why maybe you're on a radio program today is to try to uh, do a community outreach to help people understand the size and importance of Easter Sills in the community? You know, it certainly is, uh, Rick. You know, there, there's such a lack of understanding about about Easter Seals. I mean, people have heard of it and they're somewhat familiar, but we we spend our funds on providing services, and so it's a real challenge because we don't really spend money on marketing and advertising. So people are really not familiar uh, with the services that we provide and the the impact. Uh, that Easter Seals uh, has uh, on on people's lives. Okay, so Mark, you're CEO, and Kathleen, if I have this right, you're the Orange County Regional Vice President? That's correct, Rick. And Mark, when you're CEO, is that CEO of the Orange County, of the 1,600-person organization here in Orange County? What is your role? Yeah, I'm the, the Chief Executive Officer, and so I head up Easter Seals Southern California. And so those 1,600 employees that are really spread out throughout uh, SoCal, those are all part of the Easter Seal Southern California organization. And uh, we, we have a number of uh, vice presidents who focus on different geographic areas because although we're this, this enormous uh, national organization, our business is really in the local community. Um, that's where uh, people with disabilities are, and so obviously that's where our staff and our services uh, happen in in the local community. Okay, so take me back a uh, hundred years. Help help the audience to understand where the idea of Easter Seals came from. How did you get your start? Well, it, it really dates back to uh, 1907. Uh, a Ohio businessman by the name of Edgar Allen lost his son in a streetcar accident. And uh, because of the, his loss, he, he ended up selling his business and uh, started a fundraising campaign and built a hospital in his hometown of Elyria, Ohio. And through that new, new hospital, he was really surprised to learn that children with disabilities were often hidden from public view, and it really inspired him to, uh, in 1919, to to uh, to start an organization that we now know as uh, as Easter Seals. And uh, uh, Edgar Allen, who was a Rotarian, really worked with Rotary clubs throughout the United States and started Easter Seals uh, in local communities. Uh, from um, every every state, and um, and through the years, Easter Seals has expanded to include uh, Canada, but there's also um, uh, affiliate partners in Australia, uh, Mexico, and uh, most recently uh, Japan. So uh, Easter Seals is now um, an international organization, and again, it's it's about local services in the community. Um, you know, the money that's raised. Uh, the revenue that's generated is used in in the, in the community um, to make a difference in people's lives. Where does what are your major funding sources? Then how how does that how does Easter Sales get its funds to do this good work? Hi, Rick. This is Kathleen. 
A large part of our funds come from the Department of Developmental Services, and that's California state funding for people with lifelong disabilities. In California, we're unique in that we have um, entitlement for services through the Lanterman Act for people with lifelong disabilities. So locally, there are uh, regional centers which uh, are, are referral and funding sources at the local level, and that is state funding for many of our uh, core services for adults with disabilities. We're also a um, Head Start and Early Head Start provider so we receive federal funds to provide those those services. Uh, we also uh, our, um, we also provide uh, services for children with autism, and we have uh, uh, funding from insurance companies for that uh, for that service. And um, in addition to the the um, government and insurance funding, fundraising plays a very important role. So it is a mixture of uh, fee-for-service and grants as well as fundraising dollars, uh, support from individuals, corporations, uh, organizations that really get behind Easter Seals um, and, and, and really allow us to, uh, to do what we do in the community. A simple question, and that is, maybe it's a simple question, but can you help me to understand and our audience to understand the genesis for the name Easter Seals? Yes. <laughs> it's a great story about a fundraising campaign that started in the 30s, I believe it was 1934, and a cartoonist um, made the first what they called a seal, and it was then um, attached to cards and letters. People would purchase the seals, and that was a fundraising effort. And the cartoonist who designed that seal, he said that he used a simple design because the people who wanted services from Easter Seals simply wanted to lead a normal life. So I think it's a great story. And then after that seal, in the 50s, it evolved into the uh, Lily logo as a sign of renewal and birth and um, new beginnings. So there's nothing religious um, no religious affiliation to the name. However, the the seal was so popular that Easter Seals adopted that name for the organization. And that's the story. And today we continue to use the seals through direct mail campaign because um, people are very attached to the Easter Seals. I can imagine that it, it wouldn't. It would make perfect sense to continue to use that name. So thank you, Kathleen, for helping us. I. I didn't know that, and, and now I feel slightly more educated about your organization. We're going to take our first commercial break, uh, Mark and Kathleen, and when we come back, I guess I'm going to ask you, Mark, if you could share, and Kathleen, I'd like your insight as well, but, you know, of all the things uh, that you both have experienced and, and learned in your professional careers, I'm wondering what is the guiding principle that you're using to lead the organization and move it forward? So, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come right back with Mark Whitley and Kathleen. Am I pronouncing your last name correct when I say Kathleen Colinda? That's correct. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Who are the CEO and, and Orange County Regional Vice Presidents for Easter Sales. But we'll be right back after this first commercial timeout.
we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com I got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step So I smart stopped and took a minute to think I need a little better spot, not under the sink With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door Cause it's the smarter way to store Smart Stop bucks the system Your first month's rent is just a buck Your next three months are half off Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station Goodbye clutter, hello floors Smart Stop, the smarter way to store Welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Mark Whitley and Kathleen Kalinda are our guests. They're from Easter Seals, and we're talking about their organization. And before we return to the interview, where they're going to discuss their guiding principle for leading the organization, I just want to thank all the listeners who listen to our program, both live here on octalkradio.net, as well as those of you that like our program as a podcast uh, latest numbers suggest in the past 30 days, we've had just shy of 7,000 downloads of the various programs that we've aired so far here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We are in our fourth year, and I'm probably talking to our guests numbers 678 and 679. So we might hit 680 here today on uh, Critical Mass Radio Show. But anyway, let's get back. enough about us. Let's get back to our guests, Mark and Kathleen. Before the break, I said I was going to ask you to talk a little bit about your guiding principle that you're using to lead your organization. Mark, could you begin and share your vision with us, please? Well, you know, our vision is to continue to expand services and meet needs in the community, and and uh, we'll continue approaching this the way we have approached uh, program development and achieving our mission for so many years, and it's really identifying gaps in services, needs that are not being met, and then building services to meet those needs. And philosophically, we see people with disabilities, really, they're people like everyone else, and they need to be part of the community and, uh, and, and really help them uh, be, um, be like everyone else, uh, accessing and uh, you know, living and, and working and playing in their community. Kathleen, you wanted to add uh, something? Sure. I think the reason for our growth and uh, the service the service expansion that we've experienced is because, like Mark said, we really don't look at a person's disability or diagnosis, but we look at how we can support their needs and assist them. And so because of that, we've been able to support people across the lifespan through our child development centers, our autism services, in our adult day services, our um, Work First Division, which is an employment service that assists people to become gainfully employed and become more independent. And our uh, newest service area is Veteran Services, which is just launching. 
But I think because we, we look at people as people and if we can support their needs and work with them to help them either integrate into their, in their community and be fully included in activities that you and I enjoy, or if they need assistance um, to be more independent, then we'll be there for them, and that's our philosophy. It's kind of not know, but how. How can we do it? That's excellent. And, you know, as you're talking and I'm listening to, to your answers and, and I'm thinking, having a child with autism or a disability, a learning disability, or some type of disability and, a special, and special needs is a challenge for parents. But we also have to remember that that's a that's true for the life of that individual, and it really becomes almost more critical as they leave the education system and now they're adults with developmental disabilities, learning disabilities, <clears throat> autism, or, or whatever else it might be. And so the fact that Easter Sills is, is engaged with that individual over the arc of their life is really important because I think sometimes as a society we sort of forget about after they've kind of come out of the educational system what can we do to help them to enjoy, you know, as you said, the, the things that the society gets to enjoy in general? And I think that's the most critical time is when they do leave school, Rick, because, you know, one in five Americans has a disability. And if you think about it, when they leave school, these kids, they want the same thing their peers want, and that's what we want to help them achieve, what their what they're typically developing peers want. You know, they want to have a life. They want to have a job. They want to uh, have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, have a social life, have opportunities. And I think that's, you know, that's a real pain point for parents when they see that their children are struggling in those areas. So we support them in peer groups so that they can gain access to the community, become more independent. If they're not going to drive a car, they can learn how to ride the bus. We can, you know, connect them to other activities, volunteerism and assist them in, in getting a job. Going to college is something we do. We support quite a few people individually in their college goals, um, assisting them on campus if that's what they need, or um, with homework and so forth. So it's really just about meeting people where they are and giving them what they need to become more independent. And in the end, you know, that, that helps all of us. So I, I want to circle back because our audience tends to be a majority of our audience are business owners, uh, CEOs, and executives with companies here in Southern California. And since you're an international organization, we also have audience from around the country, if not around the world, now that we've been doing this for this long. But you, you, you mentioned helping them find work. So if there are people in our audience, either live today or listening to it as a podcast, who think, well, you know what, maybe, maybe I could talk with Easter Seals about hiring some people that they help to place... What is that process like, and what type of companies do you tend to work with to help to place uh, people with them as employees? Well, I would say there really is no type of company. It depends on what the individual's goals are for uh, seeking a job. We, we tend really not to go with what traditional supported employment um, does as more entry-level minimum wage jobs. We really look for careers for people. I mean, they're, they're often willing to start and get their work experience like the rest of us did, but we're open to all kinds of employment opportunities. And, you know, truthfully, that's been one of the greatest challenges is with the economy and the downturn that we experienced the last several years. It's, you know, um, it's challenging for 
opportunities to present themselves for people with disabilities. And that's the pathway for independence for the people we support. You know, just like you and I, everybody wants to be gainfully employed. So I would say anyone that feels like they have an opportunity, um, a job opening, it would be something that we would be interested in looking at. And we have experienced job coaches and job developers that look at job carving, where you take a part of a job that maybe um, someone who's highly skilled is spending time on a, a, a job that they're overqualified for, and we could carve out part of their job for someone that we support to do the work. Supported employment and work first is a great opportunity for employers because you get qualified individuals, you get the assurance that they'll be there every day and often with a job coach until they learn the job and are um, masters at the job. And then, you know, if the job increases or changes, we adapt with that and work. we're very flexible. That is interesting, uh, Kathleen. And and this thought has occurred to me before, but it's being reinforced by this exposure today that you and Mark are giving me is a conversation about Easter sales here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And that is we're so focused on the unemployment rate, the participation rate, and getting uh, more people working again. I don't have any data on this, but from your experience, I, I know it's harder to find a job now than it has been. Maybe it's picking up, but it's still a challenge to find to become gainfully employed again and to be fully employed. Is that even more the case for adults with a disability or some type of uh, special need? Are, is the market harder for them to find jobs? Is it even more important maybe then to also help organizations to place, to work with organizations like yours to find employment for individuals who are special needs? Yes, I would say it's definitely harder for the people we support to find employment during these hard times. And I would think it's an opportunity for employers because there, there are statistics, and I apologize, I don't have them at my fingertips, but um, once hired, you know, people are very reliable and determined to, to meet the, the job expectations. And, you know, we're fortunate that there are some employers out there, and in fact, we have um, one employer who is a corporate sponsor of Easter Seals who, you know, I think this will just kind of um, give you a visual of, of the way I was explaining the job market. They believe that um, the people we support can do more than collect carts in a, in a grocery store parking lot, but that they can be trained to do most all of the job functions in a supermarket. And so that's the kind of employer we definitely want to work with that sees the opportunities and the potential of the people that we work with. And, you know can understand that people, all people with training and support, have a lot of potential. You know, there's, a, there's really a lot of companies like Vons, um, Vons and Pavilions, that's really committed to uh, not only helping to raise money to provide services, um, but also uh, hiring people uh, with disabilities. And, uh, you know, again, you know, Vons is a great example of, uh, of a, a wonderful corporate citizen that sees uh, the, the value of, um, of um, philanthropy and charity, but also the value from a business standpoint of hiring people that will be great at the job. And, uh, and I know that, that there's a number of, of um, corporations and small businesses that are, uh, you know, they don't care that a person has a disability 
they care about someone who will be passionate about their job and do a good uh, do a good job. And so I think that's where uh, uh, where Easter Seals and really our community is fortunate to have so many good corporate citizens that are um, that are that are really committed to uh, helping uh, the unemployment. Uh, rate of people with disabilities. The, the last uh, estimate I think I saw was something like 70% of people with disabilities are unemployed, and we know wow. that the vast majority of those people would like to work. And uh, so certainly for the people um, listening to your show, uh, Easter Seals would uh, would uh, eagerly partner and work with them um, as we uh, as opportunities present themselves. Uh, I think I'm going to ask you both back because we're, we're, I'm moving up against the clock here. My engineer is letting me know that I need to move along. But you, we've opened up an area that I know that you that I really hadn't planned to ask you about today. But um, it kind of it led us there. I have a couple other questions that I wanted to talk about with your organization, and and I think I want to come back to this on a future episode because I believe that there there are so many good reasons to uh, hire special needs. Uh, and 70% unemployment, I wrote that down. It is um, shocking, to be honest. Uh, so anyway, can I have you both back at some point in the future? I'll have my producer get back in touch with you. Absolutely. Uh, to be... yeah, okay. Be but before I let you go, I did want to ask if there are people listening today and they'd like to get involved, maybe in an event that you have upcoming or a way to assist your organization, what type of things could they get involved with to help Easter Seals with your mission? number of uh, corporate sponsors that are very um, busy raising money for Easter Seals. You know, I had mentioned Vons right now during the month of April. They're having a campaign in all of their stores uh, raising money for uh, for Easter Seals uh, and and also Special Olympics. Um, CVS Pharmacy, they'll be doing their fundraising activities this summer. We have a number of Century 21 offices that have activities going, uh, going on. Um, our big, uh, f- our biggest fundraising event uh, is, in, uh, is on November 2nd. It's our Walk With Me uh, event. It's held at the Aquarium of the Pacific there in Long Beach. We're already working with uh, companies and organizations and individuals that would like to, to get involved and have a team of walkers uh, at that event. Uh, again, it's called Walk With Me. The me in this case is people with disabilities, so it's people with and without disabilities walking together, celebrating the, the services that Easter Seal provides and, and raising raising money. Also, folks can go to our website and make a contribution, or I uh, could give us a call, and uh, we'd love to, uh, to, uh, to talk with them about different ways to support uh, Easter Seals. And your website is? Um, there's two websites, um, easterseals.com or southerncal.easterseals.com, uh, or they can give us a phone call at 714-834-1111. Can you say that number again, please, Mark? 714-834-1111. I'd like to thank you both for the fine work that you're doing in our community, and I will have Rachel, our producer, get back in touch with you to reschedule uh, you back on the show later this year so we can explore in a little more detail, well, actually, in, in, in more detail, the work that you're doing to help people find jobs. I think that is a, you're doing a lot of great things, and that one really, I think, with our business audience and the community would be of interest to them. So 
I want to thank you both for being on the program, Mark Whitley and Kathleen Kalinda. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass community. Thanks, Rick. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a short time out. When we come back, I have some audio excerpts that we're going to play, just two, uh, from a recent Commerce National Bank uh, educational symposium that they held at their corporate offices in Irvine last week. I have two interviews, one from the featured speaker and one from the guests, uh, from one of the guests that was there. And uh, so we'll be right back and I'll set that up. But first, here are some words from our commercial sponsors. The Orange County Business Journal has ranked Commerce National Bank the 26th fastest growing public company in Orange County, and they remain a Bauer Financial five star institution. President and CEO Mark Simmons attributes this success to how well the bank treats its customers and employees. Commerce National Bank simply delivers personal service at a higher level than its competitors, while offering technology on par with the big banks. If your organization could use a new business bank, call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they will handle the rest. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Stephen, you're the founder and executive director for Teen Entrepreneur Academy. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Let's begin by asking you, tell us about what the academy is about and, and how you were, uh, you know, involved, how you became in, inspired and involved in it. Well, sure. The um, Teen Entrepreneur Academy is a one-week business summer camp for high school students who want to learn about starting a business, the principles of, of business startup, and entrepreneurship. And essentially, uh, you know, when I was growing up summer camp, you went out into the woods, or you went camping and canoeing and horseback riding. But uh, today we have different kinds of summer camp. And the uh, high school students, we take up with 50 of them uh, for a one-week camp on the campus. And um, they live in the dorms. So they arrive on a Sunday spend the whole week in the dorms. They leave on a Friday. We bring in uh, 15 different entrepreneurs, business leaders, CEOs that talk about how to start a business and write a business plan. At the end of the week, in groups of three, every student will have participating in writing a business plan. And on Friday, the last day, Friday morning, we have a business plan competition, and we award $1,000 first prize for the best business plan, 500 for the second, and 300 for the third. Except our business plan competition, many people are familiar with Shark Tank. Yes. Well, we're a little different. We don't do Shark Tank. We do Fishbowl. We do a Fishbowl business plan competition. And um, so the students are getting a real-world practical experience in how to write a business plan and how to sort of understand entrepreneurship as a way of life. And what I mean by that is 
seeing problems as opportunities and being solution-minded and innovative. How did you get inspired to, as the founder of this program, launch this program? Well, I um, teach uh, a course in the MBA program here at Concordia. Uh, it's a two-unit elective called Best Business Practices and Principles for Starting a Business. And so that's uh, all adults uh, from 25 years old to 82 years old have been in my class. And I, I was reading in the Wall Street Journal, and I came across an article uh, that talked about uh, some of the challenges high schoolers face today in America with the dropout rate. And here's what I, I read. It said seven out of ten high school seniors, high school students, said they wanted to start their own business. Eighty-six uh, percent of them said that they wish they had more business education classes in high school. And, of course, high school's got a full agenda. They don't have the time to drill down on all of that. And so it made me think about, I have a youth agency background. I worked for the Boy Scouts. I came up through the Boy Scout program from the time I was 8 years old to 18 years old. So I've been involved with programs that impact the lives of young people. And I thought, wow, these high school students, they, they want to learn about business. Well, I'm teaching business already to adults. And then I read that uh, the summer of 2011, there was almost a 30% unemployment rate for teens, uh, for high school students during the summer. And so it was like sort of the worst of times if you were looking for a summer job as a teenager. Government can't create all of these jobs. And so I thought, well, what if I took my curriculum and modified it and, and uh, did a summer camp? Uh, did a camp at the university. We have the facilities. We have the content. We have the intellectual property. And so I volunteered to say, let me put together a Teen Entrepreneur Academy. And I did research on other camps. There's a few differences with the camp that we put on. Uh, number one is, first of all, uh, it's, it's a hobby of mine. The, the university didn't give me this assignment and say, go do it. I volunteered to do it and sort of told them this is what I'd like to do. And they thought it was a great idea. And so, so I put it on. So I volunteered to do that, number one. Uh, number two, for the university, even though we're Concordia University is a private university, we're part of this community, so it's sort of like we're a private university for the public good. We're here. Uh, we've been here for 40 years, and so how can we give back not only to our students, alumni, and, and, and neighbors right around here, but to the community? What could we do to help make Orange County a better place? And this was one of the many things that we do, so it's sort of a, an outreach program. Additionally, there are programs such as this. I mean, there's one hosted at UCLA and Loyola Marymount, but these are uh, hosted by outside organizations who come to the campus, rent the facility, and put it on. So these programs cost $1,500. And, um, well, because we, I work at the university, so that's the retail rate. I work at the university. I'm able to get it at cost. Our camp is $500. And you cannot find an entrepreneur academy, and there are many of them. They're in New York and uh, Chicago. Uh, there's one up in Northern California in the Silicon Valley. It's a day camp for a week, and it's $1,500. So that's one of the unique features. The, the other thing, of course, is the business plan competition. And then the third thing is that we also uh, have a commitment to reaching out to low-income and at-risk high school students who would not have this type of opportunity. So of the 40 students, I went out and I raised money and uh, was able to provide scholarships for 30 of them to come. Uh, mostly we work with two or three high schools in Santa Ana. Uh, Century High School is one of our partners. 
uh, Santa Ana Valley High School, uh, but other high schools. And we have these high school students selected by their teachers based upon their interest and propensity for this topic. And they get to come here, leave Santa Ana for a week, live in Irvine, in our dorms, and go through this Entrepreneur Academy. Some of them had never even been outside of Santa Ana. So it's a great way to really help uh, people uh, see the opportunities in life and try to empower and encourage them to uh, take charge of their destiny and, and achieve all that they could be. So what's a typical day for one of the students like during the Academy? Oh, it's 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 really fun. Um, the day starts. Uh, they're in the dorms, of course, and and I hire Concordia University students. We have uh, residence halls, dorms here to, to, for a thousand students during the school year. But of course, in the summer, they all go home. So these uh, college students who manage the dorms are called resident administrators. So I hire these students. Concordia students to oversee the coordination of, you know, lights out at 1030 and everything like that with the high school students. So they get to have interaction with college students. But they get up at 7. We have breakfast from 7 to 8. 8 o'clock is the first class. We have class till 12. We take a lunch break till 1. We're back in class till 430. We take a dinner break and we're back again. But the classes are kind of different. I have, uh, if we have five classes a day, uh, three of the five have guest speakers and industry experts with domain expertise. Essentially, what we do is we take a business plan, and if you take a business plan, it has seven sections. And each day, we're covering a different section and drilling down on who your customer is, what's your unique selling proposition, what's your business model, how are you going to make money, who else is in. So we go through this, and each session is progressive so that by Thursday, they have prepared – uh, their own PowerPoint presentation to pitch to entrepreneurs and CEOs for the business plan competition. We also uh, we took a tour. We we went off campus. Uh, they really enjoyed this. On Wednesday morning, uh, I like to surf, and so I go down to Huntington Beach and surf. Well, on Wednesday morning, which is midweek, we want to break up the week. We went. I got a bus and we went down to uh, Huntington Beach, Balsa Chica State Beach to the Corky Carroll Surf School. And they all had surf lessons from set. We got there at 7 a.m., surfed till 8.30, got out of the water, and then we met with the founder of the surf school to hmm. talk about how did you take this idea for a surf school and make it happen? How did you turn your passion into a business? And I don't know if you know this, but Corky Carroll Surf School is the largest and a longest-running, most successful surf school in all of Southern California. So they met, and they had a half-hour presentation. And, of course, the owner said, well, he wanted to start a surf school, so he had to figure out, who do I need to go talk to that runs the beach? And that's the head of the Orange County Department of Parks. And then he said, in order for me to go see him, I had to have a plan. So I had to write a plan, and, of course, that played right into our strategy of writing a plan. So we, uh, that was one thing we did. Then after that, we went over to Disneyland. We never went on a single ride. We didn't go into the park. We met with the VP of HR for Disneyland to talk about how do you inculcate your company values in new employees. Because if you're going to start a business, then you have to be the person that sets the culture and the vision. And so how does the Disney magic happen? And so they spent a half hour at Disney University talking about that. That's interesting exposure. Can you, can you share with us um, a success story of you know, a teen that completed the academy and became an entrepreneur or maybe has even been recognized for their entrepreneurial effort? Well, last year was our first year, so we don't have a long track record. Um, The winner of the business plan competition was a student from San Clemente High School. Uh, His dad is an entrepreneur, 
and his dad signed his son and the daughter up. They're both at San Clemente High School for the Entrepreneur Academy because the dad wants to prepare them to help work in his entrepreneurial businesses, uh, family business and others. And so they came to camp, and uh, he will tell you, Adam Brunel, the winner of the competition, that he didn't even know what an entrepreneur was signing up for the camp. He ended up winning the business plan competition for a social media uh, application that he wanted to develop. Because of his uh, high level of interest, and it was just fortunate that he was in San Clemente, a friend of mine is the founder of the Internet Marketing Association of America and runs an internet marketing company, Sinan Kanatsis, runs KCOM uh, out of San Clemente. So I took him over, introduced him to KCOM, uh, and Sinan hired him as an intern to begin working on internet marketing projects with him. And so he got exposed to this real world of business, and uh, they're doing some things together. So uh, that's kind of exciting. That is. I'm going to take our final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show, Steve. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you if you can talk maybe about the future, since you're now in going into your second summer. And, you know, what do you see for the future for Teen Entrepreneur Academy? So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for that answer to that question and a few more questions here today on Critical Mass Radio Show. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to the radio program. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Critical Mass Radio Show is the name of the show. Stephen Christensen is our guest today. And we're talking about the Teen Entrepreneur Academy, of which he is the founder and the executive director. So what's the future hold for the Academy? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Naturally, I've got this sort of entrepreneurial bent, and so there's a a few avenues that we would like to pursue. Number one, uh, we did it the first year. This is the second year. Uh, We're going to be um, taking the content and curriculum, the videos, speaker presentations, and creating a web-based portal. What we would like to do is to begin to uh, license uh, the summer program to any other university. Uh, There's 10 Concordies across the United States. Anybody can do this now that I put the binder together. The hardest thing is the first time. So, you know, I follow the uh, e-myth methodology of starting a a business, which is start a business as if it's going to be a franchise and create systems and everything so that uh, you can work on your business, not in your business. So that's one of the principles we teach. 
So I'm creating a turnkey solution for any college or university that wants to take this $1,000 licensing fee, take it, run, have, and go do it. That's number one. Number two, I'm also uh, putting together plans to um, deliver this curriculum. I have a ministry called Faith and Work Life, and I work with lots of different churches. And uh, so churches during the summer, they usually have what's called a vacation Bible school. And that's usually for, um, uh, you know, the younger kids, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. But I don't know what they, they don't do much for the high school kids. And so this curriculum could easily be replicated uh, at a Monday to Friday sort of day camp at a church, which is already sort of sitting there empty during the week. And kids, if they go to that church, they're used to going there. And uh, so someone can deliver this curriculum. I have a lady coming this summer to help me. She's from Florida. She's a homeschooler. They want to do something like this. I said, well, come out here. Her son's going to be in the camp, and she's going to come out, go through the whole program with me, and we're going to export it to um, Florida. Next thing would be then I'm working with uh, some of the uh, high schools here in Orange County to develop a uh, a year-round a course for the senior year in high school on entrepreneurship and how to start a business that we would teach high school teachers how to teach um, and we would participate with them uh, online and so forth so that anyone who took this course would get two units of college credit so we're working on a course for college credits you see what happens in you know this is a great great country america and um you know, we, we say it's never, you're never too old, right? Colonel Sanders at 70 started Kentucky Fried Chicken and all this. Uh, conversely, uh, you're never too young uh, to learn about these principles of business um, because we want to encourage job creation. You know, not every young person is going to work for a big business, but no matter who they work for, this is sort of entrepreneurial skills for life, how to be innovative and, and so forth. So if they work for a company, we want them to uh, be an asset and to add value all the time, and to think like a business owner. You know, we want them thinking that way in high school. We want to encourage uh, college attendance. There's a group out of New York that I'm part of called the National Federation for Teaching Entrepreneurship, and so I'm part of that program. And they've done research because they've been teaching this in New York City for the last 30 years, and they, have, uh, they see a, a higher high school graduation rate and high school go uh, attendance rate for those who have been uh, participating in this type of sort of high school entrepreneurship program. And uh, so what we see is the, the ability to replicate the summer camp. Uh, I also have uh, had contacts. We've had students from China come over last summer. And so we will, um, the Chinese very uh, much uh, love the American way of education. Western teaching methodology is a little different than in China. We can do a, a two-week session just for the Chinese students here, in high, the high school students coming over, or even going out to China and other countries and uh, teaching and replicating and, and, and training the trainers so that we basically can have this spread and just encourage uh, an entrepreneurial way of thinking as a way of solving problems and, and sort of thinking about free enterprise. It really seems to be growing uh, at a very quick and fast pace for you, Stephen. seems like you hit on a good idea that people are from different parts of the world coming to help you with your, expand your vision. That's very exciting. And, you know, what better place than in Orange County? I mean, this is a hotbed of entrepreneurship. This, this community has literally hundreds of examples of people who had an idea, put in the elbow grease in the time, and created it. And so I have these entrepreneurs come in as speakers, as mentors, as advisors. We're connected with the uh, Small Business Administration and SCORE, with the Orange County Business Council, the Irvine Chamber of Commerce, and other organizations. 
We're just trying to help uh, young people understand all of the possibilities so that they can achieve whatever dreams and desires they have, and that's the fun part. That is, and there are so many good entrepreneurs, and uh, you know we featured so many of them here on the radio program over the years, so I, I echo your sentiment. If someone wants to learn more about what you're doing or possibly get in touch with you, how, how will they find you? How do they get in touch with you? Well, a couple of ways. Number one, uh, we have a Facebook page, of course, and so you go to Facebook and you put in Teen Entrepreneur Academy, and lo and behold, there we are. Uh, we have a website. Um, the website is part of Concordia University's website, and so that would be cui.edu slash TEA, the initials, Teen Entrepreneur Academy. And then they can always call me directly here at the university. Uh, that number is 949-214-3198. We have 30 registered for this summer. It's July 14th to the 19th here in Irvine. We have 30 registered. We have room for 40, so we still have time for some more. Um, and we try to um, complete the enrollments by May, so there is a little time. And uh, look forward to helping young people. Well, I think what you're doing is great, and, and um, I wish you continued success and growth. It'll be interesting uh, to have you back in a couple of years and see what Teen Entrepreneur Academy is up to from a global perspective, possibly at that time. So thank you for your time on the program. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass Business Community. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye now. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and heard live here on octalkradio.net. If you liked what you heard and you want some friends to listen to it, don't forget that all of our shows are available as a podcast off of our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. I'd like to thank our engineer today, Paul Roberts. And I guess I have to let you know, if you're waiting to hear the audio from my, uh, of my interviews with, at Commerce National Bank, Unfortunately, we had a little technical issue with the audio. We will play it for you next week. So that's in the business called a hook, a cliffhanger. You thought you were going to hear it this time, but ah, aren't we like bring you back next week to listen to it again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, interesting interviews, and we have live guests as well scheduled for next week. So uh, I'd like to thank our marketing uh, manager is Kelly Faltis. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. And until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hope. I'm hoping that all of your business, I mean all of your decisions, excuse me, move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here on OCTalkRadio.net.